Ladies and gentlemen, hey, yo, it is the week of football showdown slates, two game slates. We have another one on Thursday Night Football. Fellas, 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 welcome into the holiday week. And this is this is a fun little project that we have for you beautiful people today. This is a fun project that we have for the beautiful people watching this today because because there's a Tuesday game and because your boy's flying out on Wednesday, the salaries have still not dropped for Thursday Night Football. But I think it's a good experiment. The normal stuff that I usually do in terms of research, putting notes together. I have five pages of notes just for the Thursday night game that I'm going to be referencing throughout this video. I think it will be a good experiment to get out there my thoughts before the salaries come out and before the market reacts to that. Now, what does that mean, Mr. Sal Vetri, Mr. Orange Hoodie Poppin' Sal Vetri? What it means, if there's a player that I know that I like, if there's a player that I know that I like, and then the salary is a little bit more expensive than I was willing to pay before that, but everybody else reacts that way, there's a guy I know that I like, and he's now coming in lower own because he's a little bit more expensive. And if there's a guy that I'm like, eh, wishy-washy on, and he starts to become high-owned, I can get away from it. So I think this is a fun experiment. And we're going to start up top. We're going to go through the San Francisco 49ers and then the Tennessee Titans. So up top of Jimmy Garoppolo, he's coming off of maybe his best overall performance, 10.2 yards per attempt. I mean, that 49ers offense just breeds the C.J. Beathards, the Nick Mullins, even though it's a little bit of a skewed stat because of the yards after the catch guys that they have out there. But on the season, 245 yards per game, as you can see, on 29 attempts per game. This team does not throw the ball. They're 27th in passing attempts per game. So this is not a situation where I think Jimmy G is going to have a massive game. I'm banking on a nice price point below $10,000, maybe for both quarterbacks here. And if that's the case, I'm going to lean to go to Jimmy Garoppolo over Ryan Tannehill. And we'll tell you why when we get to Tannehill and how poorly he's been performing. But expect a low scoring game here. Like this game does not have a good total. We are looking at a 44 and a half total where the favorites are going to have a three point spread and a 23 and a half implied team total. So this is not a great game environment by any means. I mean, if you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo right now, he's only top 30 attempts one time since week nine. It limits his upside dramatically, but you got yards after the catch guys there. You know, you're going to have the play action game opening. If we're comparing quarterbacks for the slate, if you're looking to choose one, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the one that I would lean to. Now the running back situation in San Francisco is an interesting one. Elijah Mitchell did not miss last week, according, according to Kyle Shanahan, because of his concussion he's been dealing with and missed the previous week too. It was because his knee had some inflammation in it. That's not great. That's not great for this rookie running back, the six-round pick. So we'll have to track that. It is now a short week for San Francisco. As of the Monday estimated injury report, he did not practice because of that knee injury. So track that stuff. If Elijah Mitchell is out there and he finally can get healthy in these next two days, well, then we're going to go full Elijah Mitchell. He's been playing 66% of the snaps this year. He is fourth in the NFL with an 80% opportunity share. When he gets out there, he just takes back this role. He he perfectly similar to Raheem Mostar due to that speed and their ability to get to the edge. He fits this Kyle Shanahan run blocking zone running scheme a little bit better than a Jeffrey Wilson or a Jermichael Hasty. But that being said, as of my recording of this later in the day on Tuesday, we have still not seen the man practice. And if that is the case, and if we can get a Jeff Wilson who is not $9,000, who is not in the upper 8K range, but 7K range, hopefully even cheaper than that, I think you just have to go to Jeffrey Wilson if Elijah Mitchell misses because they've been shown to just go to one guy, right? And Jeff Wilson this past week played 88% of the snaps. He was that one guy out there playing 50 of the team's snaps. He had 21 carries on the ground, broke the 100 yards, was one of the few running backs to actually get you there, was a nice leverage playoff of James Robinson this past weekend. This was by far his best graded game of the season so far and he saw 21 of the 24 running back touches if you're not going to count Debo Samuel as a running back which I guess you can for six carries but if you're talking about the exact running backs in the backfield who saw touches 88% opportunities he's now seen 60% of the snaps the last two games he's the clear RB1 so if we get a nice price tag I mean in the six or five carry range that's amazing I think it'll be probably in the seven carry range that's where I'll take it again if it's a lot more than that 
this could be a situation where I like Jeff Wilson if there's no Elijah Mitchell. I expect 15-plus touches for a team that wants to run the ball, right? Their, their fourth highest run play rate in the NFL is the San Francisco 49ers team. So if Jeff Wilson comes in at like 8,500 and it keeps his ownership lower in that range, well, this is my original thoughts, and then we can see where the market reacts. The other running backs in the backfield, I can't get interested in Jermichael Hasty. In week 15, he only played three snaps, right? He ran one route. He had one carry for 13 yards. He's seeing just four total opportunities the last two weeks, and that's with that's with a little bit less usage for Debo Samuel in the backfield, and that's with no Elijah Mitchell. So I can't really get excited about Jermichael Hasty. I can't even tell myself a narrative of where he starts to get involved more. Of course, if Tennessee gets up by 20, Jermichael Hasty could get involved more. But even then, it could just be passing more to George Kittle, the wide receivers, and Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback. Juszczyk, who saw 53% of the snaps, is a much better play than Jermichael Hasty. I assume he'll be higher owned. I'm hoping Juszczyk is in like a $4,000 play. If he's in the 2K range, he's in play. Low 3K range, it starts to get ahead rather than go to a kicker, right? But 2K or $1,000 range, Juszczyk's in play. I mean, he has five games this year of seven-plus fantasy points. That's solid. Like, if you're a $2,000 player and you're going to get a seven, eight, nine, ten fantasy points, that's solid. And he's not just doing it on touchdowns. Those help, of course, but he's also doing it on the fact that he can catch some passes. Now, he's only seeing 2.9 opportunities per game and 16.6 yards per game, but it's those games when they get down and they're trailing that he sees two or three receptions. They're favorites in this one. They're not expected to get down by two touchdowns, which would make them have to throw a little bit more. That being said, he has, at least has to be in play if he's one of the $2,000 options. So those are the San Francisco 49ers running backs. And now we'll get to the wide receiver position. And by the way, by the way, these are the last few days. Once Christmas comes and goes, once this week is over, week 16 ends, bada bing, bada bang, the promotion of a free bet up to $100. Free bet. Free bet on a player prop site, prizepicks.com. Our partners now for a year, trusted. We love them. And you get not only the free bet up to $100, you also get the daily fantasy course, the NFL DFS course that I have for 10 plus hours of videos. It's an exclusive course. No other way to get in it on how to become a better DFS player on how to actually win money doing this on how to make it maybe a little bit of a side hustle and take away the emotions from it that make you make the wrong decisions at the end of the day, right? So the things that matter, you get that course for free. It's $100 value that if you actually wanted to go buy it and you didn't want it for whatever reason, you can go buy it for $100. But if you want it for free, the only way to actually do that ever first time we're offering this until the end of the week is over on price picks using the code class C-L-A-S-S. So you get those two benefits, free bet and a free course. Check it out. Not now, but right now. So now for the 49ers wide receivers, it's going to look good. I expect Debo to be insanely expensive. I'm going to be leaning to Brandon Ayuk here. Ayuk's coming off of a game where he played 98% of the snaps. He only ran 24 routes and had two targets, and he had a 36-yard catch. So he's coming off of a bad week. This kind of happened with George Kittle a couple weeks back, right? When we got George Kittle at $5,900 as a leverage play on a slate when everybody was playing cheap, shitty tight ends, right? And he popped off for 40-plus points. This is an interesting spot because the usage for Ayuk has been fantastic. He is running insane routes. I'm watching the All-22. He looks fantastic. The usage is all there for him. He's now he's been playing since week eight 90 percent of the snaps so he finally got over this little tiff there was a report about it about uh three or four weeks ago that Ayuk's communication wasn't the greatest Kyle Shanahan didn't appreciate that that's why he was in the doghouse for the first month a month and a half but he's now seen six or more targets in six of his last seven games he has 10 or more fantasy points in five of his last seven games and I think we get the benefit with him coming off of a bad game and playing on the same team on a showdown slate with George Kittle who's on another planet right now and Debo for the most part this year continues to score rushing touchdowns popped off to begin the year in the receiving game I think he's going to be somewhat of an after thought if you get Brandon Ayuk in the 7 or 8k range hammer that in my opinion I'm going to like Brandon Ayuk a good amount this week in this game now the guy who I think is going to be really expensive I think Kittle will be expensive I'm interested to see where Debo comes in I'm expecting like a 95 $9,800 tag on Debo somewhere in that range if that's the case it's a little bit fluke and maybe not fluky but tough to get to now he played 81% of the snaps last week that's good he ran 21 routes so his routes finally came back up he saw five targets he had a good game in the receiving game he ended up getting in on the ground yet again on the ground I mean this guy has six touchdowns in his last five games four rushing touchdowns that's eventually going to stop but when is it going to stop this is the number one rushing offense the number one run blocking scheme in the NFL and he is a weapon behind there 
So we can't just automatically say he's not going to have success on the ground when his success has been insane on the ground. It's not going to go from insane to nothing. Now, his routes have remained decent, 20, 25, right? But the production is halted because Ayuk is back to maybe operating as the X receiver in this offense. Kittle has been on another planet over the last three weeks. Maybe the best overall player in football has been George Kittle these last three weeks. So it's going to stunt this. So if you get Debo Samuel in the nine upper 9K range or the 10K range, I'm probably halting on it. I'm probably leaning to go to Brandon Ayuk for the discount right now. I don't think Ayuk is going to be more expensive than Samuel. So this is going to be an interesting dichotomy to see where the where the price between Kittle and Debo is. Because right now, if Kittle comes in at like 10,200 and Debo's like 9,600, I'm just going to lean to Kittle. As for the other receivers on this team, I mean, Jawan Jennings is there, right? He, he ran 25. He played 25 snaps in week 15. He saw six targets on 15 routes. That target rate is not going to stand up. A 40% target rate, six targets on 15 routes is just not repeatable. So that production that he had, three catches, 28 yards, which is not great in its own right, the touchdown got him there. That production is not repeatable. When you run 15 routes, you're not going to see six targets, even, even if your name is Debo Samuel, right? Let alone Jawan Jennings. Now, he does have 11 targets over the last two games now but the game before that he ran 32 routes right 32 routes double what he saw last week and he saw five targets that's more likely a 20 percent target rate is more likely it's more sustainable even that for Juwan jennings might be a little bit high so his seven points in three out of his last four games two of them because he's finding the end zone i think we might see a little bit too priced up of a Juwan jennings like if Juwan jennings is in the 5k range he's massively overpriced 4800 is where it's like okay do i want him or a kicker or a defense that's where i can start looking at it more but a 5k Juwan jennings massively overpriced for a guy not running a lot of routes and just kind of getting he's he's on the tail end in the opposite direction of where you want to be in terms of his production it's probably going to regress a little bit back and then the only other options out there wide receiver four and five uh, Travis Benjamin has zero catches this year he ran one he played one snap no routes last week Trent Sherfield played five snaps last week he only has three catches since week seven and seven catches on the year it would take just some weird broken coverage play downfield or somebody getting hurt Juwan Jennings getting hurt because Jennings is running clearly ahead of him so the other receivers not really there for tight ends Ross Dwelly has played one snap in week 15 he's only ran three routes since Kittle has returned he's not in play charlie warner has had one reception in the last six weeks since kittle returned after playing 13 snaps and running two routes in week 15 he's not in play george kittle is obviously in play i mean the man has been on an absolute tear 28 receptions over the last three weeks scoring 42 37 and 15 DraftKings points just missing the 100 yard bonus with a six catch 93 yard performance on six targets last week playing oh baby 97 percent of the snaps 55 of the team's 57 he now has 15 or more DraftKings points in six of his last games he is going to be expensive I want to see how expensive is he going to hit the 10k range i'm interested in seeing this i'm interested in seeing on this slate who could potentially be more expensive than george kittle i don't think the quarterbacks can maybe just debo samuel right so if george kittle's like eleven thousand dollars it starts to become oof i mean the guy was just a seven thousand dollar price tag on the last main slate i think there's a chance he could hit the 11k range on this slate believe it or not but as we go through tennessee the injuries that they're dealing with nobody's going to be more expensive than on tennessee i don't think his quarterback is going to be more expensive than him. so it's either george kittle or debo my guess it's going to be george kittle at like uh, maybe the most expensive price tag at like ten thousand uh 400 10,600 and then a Debo somewhere around like 98 to 9600 dollars if that's the case if it's a thousand dollar difference then I start to go to Debo Samuel if it's less than a thousand dollars like a 400 dollar difference I'm gonna lean to George Kittle but again the nice funny thing about this is we don't know the salaries as of this recording so you're gonna get to see as you're looking at the salaries my thought process and how you should translate that so I like this little strategy little experiment so that's the San Francisco 49ers side of the ball so now we can move to the Tennessee side of the ball and by the way if you want the projections for this I do player projections I project their ownership which is extremely important a lineup optimizer, a Discord, rankings, game-by-game -game notes, the five notes that I'm using for this. I'll throw up on Patreon as well. Five pages of notes for every single player who will be in play. You can check that all out down below on patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. There's a link in the description, so you don't got to remember that all. Get yourself for this holiday season right now. Patreon. Get up in there. Improve your game. And come on in. Come on in. And when you come in, we'll say, hey, welcome home. Welcome to the family.
to the Tennessee Titans now. And by the way, the kickers and the defenses, all in play on this slate. You'll see which ones I like a little bit more. I'll usually lean to go to the cheaper kicker, depending on it. I mean, at this point, their team totals are both low, pretty close. The defenses in lower total games is actually not as good, believe it or not, especially when both starting quarterbacks are in there. Defenses are going to be in play, though. But if they're like some 5K price tags, I'll lean to go to the kickers. So that being said, we don't need much more analysis there. The Tennessee Titans, Ryan Zanhill up top. It's been a tough season for Ryan Zanhill. I mean, it hurts when you're down Derrick Henry, who fuels the play-action passing game. Anthony Fersker takes a step back backwards at the tight end position a little bit due to injuries but in general not great and then your two receivers i mean you've been seven games out of julio jones he's left three with injury and he's been limited in two because of injury and aj brown's been out for a while now aj brown was activated uh, off designated to return off ir he has 21 days to return I don't think he's going to return by Thursday. There's a chance, but it's a very slim chance, but we'll see as the week goes on. So the expectation with Julio Jones not practicing Monday with this hamstring injury that he just retweaked, the expectation is he doesn't get back in a short week. A.J. Brown isn't playing in time in a short week. And Ryan Tannehill's top three receivers are Nick Westbrook, Cody Hollister, Chester Rogers. That is brutal. And then to make matters worse, he has the number 30 pass blocking offensive line against the number 12 uh, 49ers run pass rush right now. The Nick Bosa's up front, right? Their secondary is about average. So it's not great. 228 yards per game on 32 attempts per game. This is not looking good. He ranks 26th in deep attempts and 34th in deep attempt accuracy. It's going to hurt when your offensive line has not been good in blocking for you, but he has taken a step back as well. Now, he only has this year two games of multi-touchdown passing. Only two games of over 300 yards, and he only had one since week two. The upside for Ryan Tannehill here is not great, and when you factor in the pass catchers that he's throwing to, it looks even worse. So unless we get an $8,000 price range tag on Ryan Tannehill, it's tough for me to prioritize him over Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, let's say Garoppolo is $9,800 this week. Look at the weapons he's throwing to. Ayuk, Debo. Kittle. I mean, even just the yards after the catch alone can propel him to a 240-50 yard game and two touchdowns. It's difficult to see that for Ryan Tannehill. So if you get a very low price tag, like an $8,800 Tannehill, a quarterback at that cheap of a price parent who is a little bit mobile and who is a veteran, yes, I can go to that. But anything in like the mid to upper 9K range to the 10K range, I'm leaning Jimmy G. Like if there's a Five, less than a thousand dollar difference to get to Jimmy G. I'm going to lean to go there. Next up is this three-headed backfield for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Deontay Foreman is by far and away the leader here. He played 31 snaps though, and this is the thing: like he's the leader. But he only played 39% of the snaps. It's a fucking three-headed backfield, a backfield that they're probably going to need some pass catchers in as an underdog in this game. Now, that being said, even though it's a three-headed backfield based on snaps, Foreman still saw 22 opportunities on the ground and had over 100 yards for the second time in three games since there's been no Derrick Henry. He also added three targets and two receptions in that game. So now, in this specific game, though, Week 15, each of the three running backs saw nine or more opportunities. Nine or more opportunities. Now, Foreman was the clear leader with 25 opportunities. He now has 15 or more opportunities in three straight games, 12 red zone opportunities over the last three games, and 13 or more fantasy points in those games, finishing with 13.2, 14.2, and oh yeah, 18 and a half last week. So Foreman is that guy. He's coming off of this Achilles tear from years back, and he finally is getting an opportunity to go out there and ball. I think he's running as like number seven. He looks like a badass out there. So Foreman is the priority in this backfield, but not if he's like a $9,000 and $8,000 player, because this, as underdogs in this game, with a tough matchup against the uh, 49ers defensive line, and a better matchup in the secondary for Tannehill and whichever receivers are going to be out there at this point, it's a situation where you can easily see Foreman see uh, 12 carries for 50 yards, and then you're just sitting there holding your hands like, what happened here? Because he's not going to be the primary pass catcher. So Foreman is in play if the price tag is nice. I'm hoping like a six or seven K at most Foreman. But these other two running backs start to come and play a little bit more. Dontrell Hilliard, who ran the former Cleveland Brown, he ran 17. Shout out to the orange hoodie with the Browns, the madness hoodies right here. All the all the all the prices, all the payments towards these hoodies go directly to helping people with their mental health, the mentals. If you're interested in that, you can reach out to me. I'll shoot you a link to where you can get that. But Dontrell Hilliard, he played 36% of the snaps last week. He ran 17 routes. The problem is he split his routes with McNichols. McNichols, who came back and made some really nice yards after the catch misses, looked elusive. So Hilliard ran 17 routes. McNichols 12 routes. 
That's your concern. Your concern is that even when, even when they get down in a game like they're projected to by Vegas in this one, if they get down the Titans, they're running two dudes out there to run routes. I mean, hell, even Foreman in this game, he ended up running his own six routes. So they're running two dudes primarily out there. Hilliard seems to be the primary guy running it, but it could just be that McNichols is trying to get back up to speed for his job. And in these last two games for Dontrell Hilliard, it hasn't looked good since McNichols has returned. Like he had three weeks ago when there was no McNichols out there. McNichols is out. He has like a 60-yard rushing touchdown and that propels his week forward to a 21-point fantasy day. But since then you're getting one fantasy point two weeks ago less than 10 last week so it's it's really difficult to see this looking uh, fantastic for Hilliard I mean if anything I, if McNichols comes in as the cheapest running back here he's the one that I would choose over Hilliard Hilliard like if Hilliard's like 5,200 and McNichols is 4,600. I'm going to go to McNichols because he's seeing a very similar role. 30% of the snaps to 36% of the snaps in the last game. He ended up seeing nine opportunities to 15 for Hilliard, but the routes run was very similar for the two of these dudes, even though it led to his six targets versus three targets. The routes run looked really good. McNichols looked good in his own right. And if anything, I think maybe there's a chance that he's running back from injury so we can see the snap count go up even more. Now, that being said, it's a three-headed backfield. You have to kind of guess your game script. I'm completely fine not getting to this backfield. Both of these backfields are pretty murky and weird. I would rank it right now. Um, assuming that we get a cheap McNichols, Foreman, McNichols, and Hilliard. Wide receiver position, we kind of touched on AJ Brown. I don't think he's going to play in this one. We'll have to see if he does play. Yeah, he's going to look good. You're probably going to get a slight price discount. He might actually be one of the more expensive, most expensive guys in the slate. Still think Kittle and Debo are up there. Julio, tough to get there. He did not practice on Monday. He tweaks his hammy. He played through it a little bit. Probably not good for him. First play of the game should have been a touchdown for the Titans. He gets by the coverage. There's no safety help. And Tannehill gets sacked, doesn't see him. And then he has an end zone target. Other than that, though, Julio this year, seven games has left three with injury, and has been limited in two. You've only seen a fully healthy Julio Jones for the first two weeks of the season, and one in which he had his best game for close to 20 DraftKings points. But now I'm not expecting Julio to play with a hamstring. He did not practice on Monday. It's not looking good. So what does this leave you with? We mentioned it earlier. Nick Westbrook and Cody Hollister on the outsides, and in the slot, Chester Rogers. It's hard not to like Nick Westbrook on a showdown slate. I'm hoping we don't get an $8,000 range Nick Westbrook. But if we can get like a 6K range Nick Westbrook, hard not to like the dude, right? He played 89% of the snaps last week once Julio went down. He has seen only three targets per game, but that's skewed because games this year Julio has been out there they've been running more with Derrick Henry uh, AJ's been out there so over his last four games with no AJ Brown and mainly Julio Jones getting back or being out he's seen 23 targets operating as the wide receiver one 16 catch 195 yards and a touchdown now he hasn't top 72 air yards since week four so his upside is very much limited Ryan Tannehill is not getting the time by his offensive line to hit guys deep so we have to get a somewhat affordable Nick Westbrook here like I, I expect Westbrook in this game to see a six or eight target game but it can easily end for five catches 50 yards that's a good 10 fantasy points not if you're 8k if you're 5 to 6k we like that chester rogers is a hard dude to like i mean he's kind of splitting this slot role believe it or not with racy mcmath racy mcmath who's running like 5 to 10 routes over the last couple of weeks and chester rogers himself is not running many routes i mean 15 13 and 11 routes these last three weeks after in week 11 running 45 routes it seems like they're just getting tired with the undrafted free agent at a grambling state the 2016 undrafted free agent who's not great i mean he has slow speed for a slot receiver he's six foot 185 pounds so no real speed upside burst no yards after the catch ability um no size to him so a guy like this who's not getting targeted downfield but need to be peppered with targets but it's really difficult to see a guy get peppered with targets when you're only running 15 routes a fucking week right now last week runs 15 routes four catches 30 yards on four targets those seven fantasy points if you're like four thousand dollars are decent i just think he overproduced i think his production is more likely to be week 12 where he sees 11 routes and three targets week 14 where he sees 13 routes and one target on 25 percent of the snaps his snaps aren't going up he's not playing injured he's just kind of splitting this role they're going more two wide receiver sets to run more with double tight ends 
You're seeing three tight ends run routes more, so the slot receiver is off the field more. And when he is on the field, he's somewhat splitting it with Racy McMath, believe it or not. So I'm not really there in Chester Rogers. Cody Hollister is another dude. He saw a bump, 70% of the snaps last week. Two targets with Julio out. Routes go up to 22 routes. I'll be interested to see the price tag here. If they if they mess this up and give you like a $2,000 Cody Hollister, $3,000 Cody Hollister, go for it. If it's five or six K Cody Hollister, no. 4K, yeah, you can talk me into it. I do not think Cody Hollister is good. He's had a couple of games this year where he's gotten to operate as the wide receiver two in the offense or so. Week 12, right? No Julio, 19 routes, four targets. He has four fantasy points. Not great. This is not a good fan, uh, fantasy player. He's not a good player in general. He's 6'3", 214 pounds. He's good size, but he's already 28 years old. The undrafted free agent is 28 years old. He's bottom 10 percentile in all of his athletic measures in terms of burst, agility, athletic, balance, strength. Like This is not a good guy in terms of getting separation, especially when the quarterback is struggling. In week 14, he saw 20 routes and one target. In week 15, he saw 22 routes and two targets. So I'm going to expect around 20 routes, assuming Julio and A.J. Brown are out. Those 20 routes are more than likely going to lead to around two targets. If he's not scoring a touchdown and he's not getting downfield separation, those two targets are going to probably translate to, at best, two catches for 20 yards for fantasy points, which is, again, I'm hoping they make a mistake and keep him below that 4K range. Only other receiver on the slate is Racy McMath, who I mentioned. He played 22 snaps. He ran nine routes a season high last week, but he only has one short target so far this year in one catch. Um, so not something that I'm really that interested in getting to Racy McMath. You get to the tight ends to close out this slate. And by the way, if you're still here, a little subscribe button pops up as we continue to finish out the year strong appreciate a lovely year happy holidays to everybody out there you all rock so much three tight ends we mentioned that they're running more two tight end sets which is limiting the slot usage three tight ends are seeing a bunch of usage right now i mean anthony fersker is the name you're going to know he's probably going to be the most expensive guy his coach just called him two weeks ago a mainly special teams player and it's translating the dude has only topped 17 routes once since week two he's been basically running 12 to 15 routes a week now he ran 15 routes last week it led to two targets two catches 19 yards like that's his upside at this point over his his last four games he has had 12 catches 86 yards and 15 targets so that's pretty good 12 catches over his last four games but then you break it down and he's averaging three catches a week for 22 yards a week on like four targets right so he's he's basically coming out there and getting you a four or five point performance if he's in the four or five k range no give me a kicker or a defense if he's in the two to three k range sure i can go there he's on the field enough playing 20 snaps or so but i would rather go to jeff swaim assuming that they're similar in price jeff swaim is not running a ton of routes but he's just on the field way more i mean he's been playing 70 plus percent of the snaps he's been playing 59 snaps last week to Anthony Fersker's just 17 snaps. That's how much of a difference. Jeff Swain is on the field more, but he's just not running as many routes. He's also running the exact same amount of routes. 14 routes last week led to one catch, five yards on two targets. So he's blocking a little bit more, but at least he's on the field more. Like if you're going to ask me, hey, Sal, which guy would you rather have? The guy who's playing 70% of the snaps and running 15 routes lately, or the guy who's playing running 15 routes and playing a uh, 40% of the snaps. I guess you can say, oh, but if that guy's snaps increase, he'll run more out. So maybe Fersker could be the sneaky play now that I'm talking out loud and talking through it with you people. But I just think that there's a better chance that once they get down in games and they stop running as much like this one projects for, the guy who's on the field for 70% of the time in Jeff Swain, who's a more than capable pass catcher, I think there's an easier chance that, hey, I'm already on the field. I'll just start running a little bit more. Hey, I can chip and then go out for passes. So I'll lean to Swain there. The problem that starts to become as to why the slot receivers don't look good for the Titans and neither of these two tight ends look like better plays than they should be is because Michael Pruitt, who's mainly a pass-blocking tight end and a run-blocking tight end, He's blocking more now since they're running so much. 27 snaps last week. He ran 11 routes, saw a target. He's basically playing 45 snaps or 45% of the snaps this year. He's running about 10 routes per game, but those have been coming up a little bit lately as they continue to run. So if the game script goes a way where the San Francisco 49ers are leading, expect Michael Pruitt to come off the field more, expect one tight end to be out there, and Chester Rogers to go into the slot a little bit more. So that's kind of the experiment that you can run here. Then expect De Deontay Foreman to come off the field for McNichols and Hilliard to go on some more. 
But if the Titans are leading in the game script or it's a neutral game script, you're going to get what you got last week where Foreman is trying to touch the ball 20 times on the ground. The other running backs are mixed in and it's a lot of two tight end sets. So there's your breakdown for the Thursday night football slate. Hopefully this was very informative. Hopefully we put all the little, this little information grabs up on the screen so you had something to reference as we discussed through it. But I appreciate you tuning in. Again, this is the final week to get for free. If you, if, even if you think you're going to take it, you take it at your own time, 10 plus hours of DFS course. It is very, very important if you're somebody who wants to try and make money at DFS. It is a very important course in my opinion. So you can check it out. You get that and a free bet up to dollars if you use the code class on prizepicks.com that is class c-l-a-s-s to get the free hundred dollar bet and the free dfs course on my end and if you already have an account then tell your mother your brother your sister your aunt to make an account and use that code class so you can get the course for yourself this holiday season treat yourself why not for free thank you for tuning in everybody i'll see you when i see you love saturday football content friday final thoughts and then i'll see you all in the next one